record on this computer. Huh. Okay, I think it's working. That was weird. I heard a bunch of crackles. How is it now? Good. Sounds good. Podcast number uno. So start me off, bro. Tell me what you envision here. How do you want this? What direction do you want to take this? What do you hey, want to talk about? The, you're not the one who's supposed to have the good questions already. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's supposed to be me. That'll that, come. I, I, I know it. Oh, well, thank you. I don't know. I see uh, it would be fun to have some sort of podcast to have like writers. I wouldn't mind artists or video game people. I guess that could be like creators or coders or anything. And then, you know, have a cool place to interview them. That's what they do, what they like. Cool. I don't know. Have something like uh, some sort of Joe Rogan, but for writing. Yeah. Probably not start off with conspiracies. That'd be, I don't think that'd be a good thing. I don't know. I think it'd be fun to have. Uh, A place to like kind of launch a writing because I obviously like to write, but like maybe a writing career from here, get other writers I enjoy or find interesting on here. Yeah. Obviously, you'd have to, I'd have to kill it to get some other people on here, but even if I just talk with my homies that I enjoy, my friends, you do, let's just say you do some big coding project, that would be kind of cool. Yeah. You've got professors and your dad would be awesome. Yeah, and then, you know, I think he's going to start kind of getting some more headway and do some more stuff. Like even with um, one of my professors I work with, she has, she was just working with one of the, he's very famous. He's not famous, he's, you know, he's kind of like a writer's writer. Um, who wrote some good famous books on the Vietnam War. And I got to like submit some questions to him. Um, awesome. And so I was, you know, I was like, oh, I get asked, you know, some of the people that I find interesting. And then I get a, you know, have some kind of dialogue with them. I think that'd be interesting. Yeah, what did you ask him? Um, I can pull up my questions real quick. And has he responded? Well, so it was an interview. I think it was just over the phone or something. Um, but I didn't interview him. My questions were, what was the process of deciding the chronology of stories and the things they carried? The things they carried was the story, was the book. Did you exclude any stories from the things they carried? What's your writing schedule like? Is there any aspect of your writing ability that you are working on improving? Is there anything you won't write about? How often, oh. do you, how often do you read and what do you read when you do? Those are all really cool. I know it would be so awesome to be able to, I don't know, like what about for coding, right? Just bring on someone you admire. Yeah, gosh, I'm trying to even think of <clears throat> code celebrities. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I guess there probably is less code celebrities and more programs. Like, you'd be like, wow, I would love to get the guy from, you know, X, Y, or Z program. Come on. Hey, who programmed Twitter? Who programmed, you know, this? I know Bitcoin nobody really knows, but who programmed that? Who did this, right? But also, man, I mean, how fun would it be just to have like a somewhat, you know, 
know, somewhat regular audience, even if it's a small one, just come on and kind of shoot the shit with your friends and have a good time. Yeah, that'd be sweet. Is, that, is this going to get uploaded to like a, like how do podcasts even work? I don't know. I was going to record it and then go from there. Um, I could upload it to my YouTube channel because I have one right now. Um, or you could, or I can make a Spotify. I, I wonder, can you make a Spotify? Can you upload it to Apple? I'm, I'm sure there, it's not too hard. Yeah, I don't know if it's different than music, but I think Trevor had to pay for Apple Music and for Spotify to upload a song. Oh, well, I already have an account. So do you mean that or you had to pay more? Like every track he wants to upload, you have to pay like a processing fee on it. Oh, and was it expensive? Um, I don't think so. And then his songs get streams and he just pay, he uses that money to upload his next one. And how many, how many? I don't think he's getting a ton of money. I don't think he's getting a crazy amount of streams. I don't know. I would have to ask him. I don't. I don't remember any of the details. Huh. And how many? How many songs did he put now? He's maybe got four or five on Apple Music and Spotify. And you think he's getting a hundred views? Oh, definitely. Some of the, some of his songs have like multiple thousands. Oh, wow. So he's kind of killing it. He's really got, it's mainly one song that for some reason kind of blew up and that paid, paid for the whole operation. Yeah. I mean, that's what I've kind of realized about with any creative art though. So like it's just kind of about content. How much can you put out? Cause I bet yeah. if Trevor started putting out, I don't know how hard it is to put out a song, but let's just say you could put out one song a week. You know, he's got an album is what, 12 songs maybe? Yeah, somewhere right there. And that, that might be overly ambitious, but if, you, you know, if you've been thinking about music or, or one kind of idea for a while, you get out an album once a year, all of a sudden you have you know, 12 to 30 songs in two or three years. That's a lot of people that just like, I'm sure tricks or ticks all the algorithms off and starts stuff. Yeah, it's crazy how much, or I don't know if it's like a man-made um, requirement or if that's just like what people tend to like, but like when I was doing window stuff, there'd be marketing companies that would be like, Hey, you know, we'll, uh, we'll hook you up with this review software and blah, blah, blah. We'll help you grow your business, but you got to commit to like daily posts on Facebook, like you post every day and then link it to Instagram. You know, like that's just, that's how you grow your accounts there. Grandma's blog posts. You know, she's putting out multiple things every single day. It's like, yeah, she does an article a day, right? Yeah, at least one. I've been on Instagram for a little bit, and huh. she's like getting most multiple Instagram posts a day. She's oh. a lot of work, a lot of content, but What's the a lot of times you can. It's kind of sad, but a lot of times quantity over quality kind of tends to win out. Oh, I agree. Like I look at a lot of my people I used to watch play Minecraft and um, I think they're like really good builders or do some interesting stuff, but I think uh, they make some of the, after you watch them for four to five months, their stuff is very similar. Like you realize they have a schedule. They do this kind of time-lapse. They have this group um, like multiplayer, server on this day and then that and it just like they just churn out they just kind of feed the beast yeah do you remember when i was writing those articles that i was going to have you come on board and then it all just kind of dropped out oh yeah i remember i remember that was straight up it was i'd get a list of articles that other blogs had already written right there's already dozens of blogs talking about 
Facebook marketing and Instagram this and blah, 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 bullshit this. And we were just copying those ideas. Someone was paying me to copy those ideas, write a 500 word article, throw a picture on there. Huh. And because they're just trying to build traffic because you know, it's like, that's where the quality, that's where the quantity over quality I think is being like generated from is like you're going for maximum clicks, maximum traffic. It doesn't matter if, you know, they open the page and don't even read it or click through 10 different pages. It doesn't even matter if they're, you know, the qual the quality, the quality isn't like the measurement or like, that's not what is uh, capitalized or monetized, I guess. That doesn't define the success of the, the channel or the, the content. Yeah, not at all. If you, if you start writing, you know, five bullshit blog posts a day and you can somehow get people to come and click through them, you're going to make money, even if it's, you know, dishonest or just, you know, it's crazy. Yeah. Some snake oil sales. Yeah, no, for real. That, yeah, that, it does uh, make me think about, you know, making these videos for, YouTube and like analyzing other stuff. Like, you know, I want to go so in depth and then, you know, I look at some of these other analysis videos and they're not, they do a fantastic job visually, but like an analytic analytically, they're uh, like pretty surface level. And I wonder if that's just because it's easier or they can put out more content that way. Has it on YouTube? Yeah. Just uh, like, Lessons from the screenplay, they go pretty in depth. Um, there's, a, there's a few others that I don't necessarily know the names of, uh, of the channel, but yeah, they just like churn out videos like once a month, once every two weeks. And man, but I, you know, I, I agree with it though, because if you ever think of like a cool YouTuber you like, you just want to like read or watch everything they've said. The more they have, the more you'll keep going, right? Yep, it's totally true. And then, you know, think of like a streamer, video game streamer or something, they're gonna to wanna to do, you know, if, if I get one video a week from them, I'm gonna watch that probably for like semi-regularly until I miss one day and then I'll kind of forget about it and you know another one forget about it but if you do have one every day i'm probably gonna stick to it a little bit more yeah that's a little funny i know i wonder if we if i could do like a flash fiction blog get ready for daily churning baby and now i i'm just trying to figure out ways to like monetize my writing um, while staying like while being my own boss, you know, cause I could go write for a company or, you know, some marketing firm or something, but man, I would like to do it with my own content. Yeah. What are some, what do you think are some avenues that you could, possibly pursue for that well right now i think youtube seems like a pretty good one to like analyze stuff yeah um i wonder if i could drop that in the chat but um yeah i would love to because i made deconstruction inc i made like a logo and everything for it um oh you'll have to send me the logo that's awesome yeah i'll send it to you right now um so like that's kind of an avenue but i don't really know outside of that because i don't have an instagram i don't have you like i mean i guess i have a youtube now but i don't really there's no presence on youtube twitter instagram facebook okay so yeah i'm torn on social media I know. I mean, do you think it's, you, what do you think? Do you think it's necessary that you have to have social media to be successful? Maybe not successful, but to, to have sales? 
I definitely think like it depends on what you're trying to do, you know? Yeah. Like which platform I think different platforms have different benefits, I think. Yeah. I don't know. I think Twitter really can be so cool if used as a tool, like, you know, limit usage, limit who is followed. And it's like, you know, you could see all your favorite artists, what they're working on every single day or what they're thinking about or network with cool underground artists or writers or. Yeah. That can really easily turn into just like a certain echo chambers or just trash content or the time suck. Yeah, I mean, it's really creating an escape for other people in some sense, right? I mean, I love my reading literature books or literary books and Great Gatsby and all that, but that just kind of takes you out of the world for a little bit, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah. Reading is definitely an escape. I think it's better than a lot of other escapes, you know, but. I know. Yeah. It'd be kind of hard to monetize writing on Instagram unless you're like writing those little like daily memes or daily fucking inspirations, you know? Yeah. I'd have to be like uh Rupi Kaur. She's, yeah exactly like poetry yeah and her her stuff is in my opinion no bueno um yeah, I, I think i've definitely read some of them that's like wow that was really a cool way to put it and then other it's just corny as hell yeah and I, you know i kind of think that even though she's like in my opinion that a bad poet that it's still good that she's writing and that it's still good that people are reading it even if they think she's good because they're going to want to look for other good poets and that will hopefully lead them to poetry that's a little bit better you know i mean any poetry i think i mean think of it like in your world of coding i probably or even like video editing like there's probably some video editing or some coding website that i'm like wow, they made such a good website or, oh, that's such a good program. And in your eyes, you're like, dear God, you really think that's good? <laughs> but I'm going to be like, wow, look how they did this. I want to see how other people have done it. And then, you know, and then in 10 years, I'm like, how did I ever think this was good? Yeah, it'd be cool if poetry became really cool and popular. <laughs> make poetry popular again. I know you, you actually from like the little experience I have of reading poetry and researching it, there was like actually, if I'm not mistaken, mistaken, pretty sure there was a lot of poets who made like an okay living back in the day. Is there? Yeah, I mean, I think it was Wordsworth. Probably some other ones, I should know this as an English major, but I'm pretty sure they'd get paid by a newspaper or you know, columnists or something to that extent. Because people actually like sat back and read poetry more so back in the day. Like T.S. Eliot, Ezra Pound. And those are like more recent ones, but even the 1800s, I'm pretty sure, poets. I mean, it's got to be more than what poets are making today. Yeah, I wonder what the, what the success path for a poet like a modern poet looks like do you have to do whatever that lady's name is you just mentioned and write yeah. little books that people keep on their toilet or yeah i mean are you on the john kind of a poet <laughs> well that one is also like cashing in on some like heavy political stuff these days as well though she probably believes it all I'm not saying she's just riding a wave but I mean, I think one of them is the princess saves herself in this one or you know, something to that extent. Yeah, she has a lot of like female empowerment or, you know, some could call it good. Some could call it maybe sexist or something. Non yeah. Definitely non-traditional. Well, I know I need to, I mean, I don't think I could put out a YouTube video a week, but man, would that be sweet or what? 
That would be very sweet. Yeah, that would be a lot of work. <laughs> yeah, I mean, dude, I'm like, uh, I was getting on my video editing today. I like pull up the video. I've got like a minute and a half. And I realized when I stopped, I couldn't figure out how to get good, high quality videos downloaded from YouTube, Netflix, or, you know, within my right as like the Fair Use Act or whatever, Fair Use. Oh. Because I remember it, I was like, I, it was so hard to try and get audio and video from any source. And so I can't, I'm like going through my Witcher video and I'm like, damn, I can't even get, how am I going to do this? So I like thought about maybe just doing stills and just talking over like a, like a screenshot, not, not a screenshot, but just a big high resolution picture. Yeah, that might definitely be easier. Do you already have your like voiceover? Like, have you written out what you want to say and all that? Um, I have some of it, but I sounded like a cocky asshole, so I didn't want to do it. <laughs> there's like, I think there's like a few ways to, I mean, obviously there's a million ways to present and talk, but I said it and I think I was like talking in a way. And I mean, I don't know if you've ever listened to your own voice, but dear God, so weird. Um, yeah, I hate it. You know, I was like listening to it and like one of my lines is in this video, I'd like to examine these characters to get a greater understanding of the psychology that underpins the game and the series as a whole. But you say it in a way and you're like, you know, you just sound kind of like uh, condescending. <laughs> I was like, I want to be like, dude, look what I found. You know, I kind of want that to be my, my vibe rather than like lecturing at people like guys, come check out what I just found, you know, more kind of upbeat, you know, high tempo, but. Yeah, I think naturally that's easier for people to tune into. And then like also that's just like what the modern minds or like modern uh, attention span kind of requires. You know, they need the, hey, fucking YouTube, what's up? Da, da, da. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's interesting because you would think like I 100% agree with that on the YouTube, Twitch, TikTok realm. But then like podcasts seem to be killing it. Yeah, do you have like an idea of your your favorite podcasters like voice or tone, you know? Are they I feel like I tend to just get so monotone when I'm talking on <laughs> especially if I'm not talking to someone, you know? It's like holy shit, who would want to listen to this? Yeah, I don't think I could do like the Bill Burr um sit and just yap at a camera or an I guess it's a, not a camera, but a mic. But I definitely, I've listened to a few podcasts. And like, I, Tim, have you ever heard of Tim Ferriss? Tim Ferriss. I think I, what does he do? I might have heard of him. He has a ton of people on his Tim Ferriss show. And I mean, he's had Jerry Seinfeld, Vince Vaughn. Um, what's his bucket? Um Naval Ravikant, who's like a billionaire and does a bunch of really cool business stuff. And, you know, anyways, he, he has like a really cool tone of voice, but his is like very structured and it's more like, Hey, let's go and do this here. And then, well, what do you think about this? Um, where I kind of like the conversationalist tone of Joe Rogan. Yeah. Less of like an interview. Yeah, I don't want to interview people. I want to come hang out with people. Okay. I can you know, do that. I want to be like, hey, how's your day going? What are you working on? I want to hear about you. You know, I think in today's world, especially during, I mean, it's not so much quarantine anymore, but I was even in my writing group today, and one of the girls I work with was just saying, how excited she was to be there today. And she's like, I feel like this is the only social outlet I get right now. And she's like, of course I like see other people, but I, mean, I go other places, but things aren't open like they used to be, you know? 
where was this that she was so excited to be? It was just our writing group. So hmm. we meet every other week and sometimes every week and just share our writing and then, uh, you know, revise, edit, give feedback, tell what's good or maybe what's not so good. Awesome. How big is the group? It's just me, a professor that I had, and then um, the girl I was just telling you about is the wife of another professor at that same school um, who's also a creative writer. Wow. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Do you like any of the stuff they're writing or what are they writing about? They both write nonfiction, so they're like creative essays, but... Yeah, I think their stuff is pretty interesting. They write about some deep shit. That Wait, creative nonfiction essays? Like, what would be, I'm trying to picture something. Like a, so, like, like blog writing? No, well, kind Informational. of. Informational? So, like, let's say this. You had your, your, you know, your grandma die. So, John Doe has his grandma die. And he writes about the funeral his experience at the funeral and what he learned, maybe not even what he learned, but just kind of memoirish his time at the funeral. So he's still going to describe, wow, the casket was mahogany and it looked like a burnt cigar going into the ground. Um, Or, you know, whatever. Is that from your short story? Is it? I don't know. Did I say (laughs) You had some cool imagery, definitely. I don't know yeah. if it was that exactly, but as soon as you said that, that short story, uh, uh, what is it called? Twist, spin? What was the one you sent me called? Tumbling. Tumbling. Yeah, maybe I did say that. I don't remember. But yeah, I mean, anyways, they kind of write it in a way that you're still creating, or, geez, what was that word I just said? You know, showing it and writing it in a creative way um but it's nonfiction. so it was these events did happen to real people but they're still Uh presenting it in a creative manner gotcha that makes way more sense um and i'm sure like any story real or fake there's always a little bit of embellishment or memory issues or something so there's always kind of a little side i think side of fictional every story is slightly fictional right i think yeah even when i tell you about my writing group sure i'm fucking something up it's not fictional is when i talk about how big my dick is (laughs) (laughs) i see um our two sides of this podcast I was trying my hardest to be intellectual, all right. Have you watched any of like Joe Rogan's early stuff? Red <laughs> no. Dude, this guy Brian Redband. And I think he eventually had to like kind of kick Redband out because he just say shit like that when because it so it started off just Joe and Redband just like shooting the shit, just like this. And then and then they end up um Red Band kind of like takes over the like mics, the data, not the data, but like the video editing and all that kind of shit, but still chirps in. And Joe Rogan was like, became more the interviewer. And Red Band just ended up kind of like interrupting with that shit all the time when Joe Rogan was trying to have a serious interview. Cause like when it wasn't serious, it was hilarious. And they had all just like have a good time. But then Joe Rogan wanted to get more serious. And so he kind of kicked him out, I think. <laughs> Shit. All right, I'll tone it down. <laughs> no, no, we're in the early stages. I love it. <laughs> Do whatever, man. I mean, let's be honest. How many? I think we're. I want to have as much fun on here as I can, whether five people or five million people listen. Yeah, seriously. I mean, man, how fun would it be to? I mean come on here once a week, shoot the shit, learn something. You know, we're already kind of brainstorming about how to make money writing. Next week, it's how to make money doing your carpentry or your avenues to start making chairs or something. Yeah, imagine 
on your 10th one, looking back on this one, be like, holy shit, he sucked. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be hilarious. But you got to, dude, I love that stuff. I love, uh, like, uh, the human nature of it. Like, people just, for some reason, people fucking up is so romantic. <laughs> yeah, very human. Dude, I was, like, the one of the girls in my writing group, she was saying how, she just kind of had this meltdown the other day because someone criticized her work pretty hard. Yeah. One, one of her own professors that is criticizing her work. And she had a dentist appointment and she was so hysterically crying. And mind you, she just had a baby. So I think there's some hormones and stuff going on here. And she was so hysterically crying that she had to cancel her dentist appointment. And her husband was like, okay, we'll just call, like cancel, it's fine. And she's like, I can't call, I can't call them. They're going to think something's wrong because I'm too hysterical. So he had to call them. And then he was like, you know what? Why don't you just sit in your car, eat some in and out just enjoy the day. And so then she ate some in and out and passed out for three hours in her car after crying hysterically. And I was like, wow, that is so human. <laughs> There's something so human. Cause like, man, it's, it's very nice to just have all your shit together, but who's got all their shit together? Yeah, that's not reality for most people. And not for everyone all the time. Yeah, I mean, I get my shit together like three days a week for about five hours. <laughs> man, how often do you really feel like you got your shit together? Oh, man. Less than I would like to admit on camera. <laughs> I mean, really, right? Like, <laughs> I mean, if you were to give a percentage, I'm probably at like 25%. Maybe. No, I can't even be that. No, I bet I'm at 15%. I have my shit together. Yeah, I mean, it was, it was just, Reminds me of your atomic habits. You know, like, do these people have their shit together? Are they just, have they just built such good habits over the last decade, five years, or one year that every day they wake up and they just have their shit together? Yeah, I guess that depends on how we define it. Like, driving to this job site, I was up in the mountains, deep in Trump country, you know, just Trump. Like this one house literally has like 20 Trump flags on their roof. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> Which not anything against Trump supporters, but some of these people, yeah, it's crazy. Like how, how into this president they became. Yeah. Anyways, as I'm driving up there, I'm pulling in close to 8 AM and there's this old dude out on his driveway with a wheelbarrow waving, you know, waves to me. Like, oh, wow, he's fucking really getting it this morning. Go work my eight hours, driving home past the same house, see the dude still out there with his wheelbarrow, and it's like, man, this dude's not getting paid. He just probably worked his whole fucking life, and now, you know, he wakes up, and he's like, what do I do today? All I know is work, and I not work in a bad way, but, you know, like, he established that habit where it's permanent and it's, he's probably going to have it till he dies. Yeah. You just, you have to do something every day. I mean, that's our, that's our grandma. Right. I mean, I don't think that woman knows how to not work. <laughs> She's like, Oh, you know what I find interesting? Saving money for doomsday for my grandchildren and children. I think I should, turn this, I think I should turn this passion into a job I hate. I think that sounds like exactly what I want to do. I think you and I do that though. It's like, oh, coding, this is fascinating. Writing, this is fascinating. Yeah, let's turn these into jobs we hate. Let's see how let's see how far we can take this. <laughs> Some dude um, I once lived in a cave with would, would would say that anything you do for money is a form of prostitution. And as much as I tried to fight it, it's like. Yeah, no matter what you're doing, as cool as it can be, like, if you were doing it for free, something would be different. Like, when I used to be into climbing, people would always say, like, oh, you love climbing so much, why don't you, like, 
take people climbing or, you know, why don't you have a climbing job? I mean, in Moab, I'd be out there climbing, having fun, you know, doing it on my own time. And I'd see this tour guide taking this rich European family, climbing some bullshit rock. And, you know, he's probably fucking hates it. <laughs> doing that climbing job, you know. Probably fucking hates it. <laughs> Dude, I even think that about coaching sometimes. It's like, wow, I really enjoyed playing the sport. Now I show up and sometimes I don't like my day job. <laughs> I mean, I love it. It's great. 70% of the time, I'm happy to be there. There's like that 30% of work, I feel like, at least, that always is a little tough. Yeah, and I think that's that's awesome for you if it's 30%, you know. I wish I could say, I feel like, every job I've had maybe starts out with 70% or you know maybe the first week I'm like I'm 100% stoked to be here every day and then yeah. I've never consistently had 70% and maybe that's why I've consistently never had a job for more than a year yeah but I mean but I haven't been doing anything super skillful or fun you know a lot of my jobs are just means to an end whereas I feel like coaching is probably a lot more gratifying or satisfying in a lot of aspects. Yeah. You get to do something you're good at, you know, which involves teaching, sharing information, and also volleyball, which you're good at. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I wonder if at some point it doesn't become prostitution in the sense that you're the man in the caveman. Like if, uh, if I'm at the point where I'm like, Let's just say I coach some football team, coach Alabama, Nick Saban, have a successful team, making hundreds, maybe not hundreds of millions, but he's probably tens of millions or something, right? He's probably enjoying his days. He probably feels like alpha, the alpha dog. Is he prostituting himself or is he just dominating the whatever conference he's in, winning natties all day? Yeah, that is interesting. Like if yeah. you, if you Would get he those, probably do that for free? You know, so like, hey, we, we're not paying you anymore. He'd probably still do it for the prestige and the experience and, you know, or like, what else am I going to do? I love this shit. Yeah, I guess then it's like you get your special credit. What the dude in the cave was always big on was like the idea of gift economy. You know, there's like a tree growing some berries. And it, it needs some sort of organism to eat these berries and shit the seeds out in various locations, you know? Yeah. It needs that done. And then there's a bear that comes along and is hungry and needs a meal. So it's like this interaction maybe benefits both of them, but there's no, there's no ledger. Nothing is owed. Nothing is discussed or bartered. So it's like, huh, would I be doing? But I'd be doing any of my jobs in a gift economy where I'm just doing it to do it and no expectation of a result or a return. Yeah, they just rape each other and enjoy it. <laughs> I'm just going to take your berries and shit them out. But the, the tree needs it, you know? I agree. The tree yeah. puts, puts its seeds in that tasty fruit to trick things into eating it, you know? So who's benefiting? Everybody. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. Yeah, I mean, I think I would do writing. I do do writing without any reward. I've been doing that for four years now. Now I'm trying to get a reward. Yeah, maybe I kind of romanticize this, but like the idea of a starving art artist to me, you know, is, is like, does the artist die when he's no longer starving, kind of? Oh, yeah, no, there's a theory, there's a theory and, or this idea in literary theory of as long as you're producing artwork for money, that money is going to influence your artwork to some extent. Yeah, exactly. It can't not, you know, if you're making music for money, you're going to try to think of what other people like, or it's, it's crazy. It doesn't mean it's like some. Yeah, it's not bad, right? Yes, yeah, it's not the greatest of all evils or anything. But yeah, it's, it is crazy. 
Yeah, is it is it truly art if it's for money? Yeah, that's that's a good question. Can you hear those kids in the background? Yeah, I can hear it a little bit. Jeez, all right, I'm gonna shut my window because those kids are going. You know, I live in a nice little apartment complex, but these kids out here, I, I swear all they do is scream. I don't remember screaming that much as a kid. Yeah, were those happy screams or those? I think, two, I think those were happy screams. It's too quiet to tell. I have, there's like three modes out there. Dead silence, screaming children, or dirt bikes. It's like a dirt bike park out there. I really want to call the admin because that like, look, I'm, a, I'm kids. I can fall asleep through screaming kids. I hope you guys go have a ton of fun out there. But I don't want to hear a gas-powered motorcycle at 10.15 in the morning on a Friday. Like, that's not, this isn't a, these aren't the dunes. You know what I mean? Yeah, some of those motorcycles are obnoxiously loud. Dude, and there's these little tiny, like, they're like something that, like, your stepdad would make out of metal. You're just like, wow, like, that's insane. Like, you can just throw that shit together, throw an engine on it, and it's like, burr, burr, going hard. Whew. All right, here we are. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, you know. Just ruining days out there. I'm not trying to be a that total asshole, but like, can I have some peace, please? That's fun. Speaking of motorcycles, I gotta send you this YouTube of how motorcyclists think people react when they drive by. <laughs> <laughs> you will love it. It's only two minutes. Okay, send it to me. Did you see the YouTube channel I sent you? Dude, that logo looks badass. Yeah, you like it? Yeah, how'd you make it? I made it. I Go ahead. I should have had you make mine. I paid Cameron's roommate 50 bucks for it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you should have seen the process work. Process work was ugly as hell. <laughs> um, well, so I, I have like the Adobe suite. Um, what's up? Xbox Live is still down. No, I'm just talking to my cousin on Zoom. <laughs> You're podcasting, bro. Yes. You're up next week, Pono. Yes, Pono. That's a man who has his shit together. Yeah. That's that's what we'll ask him next week, Pono. How do you have your shit together so well? I probably shouldn't have said his name. Oh well, we can cut that part out. Um, That'll be where we place the ads, if there are ads. <laughs> um, anyways, I have like the Adobe Suite. And so I have like Photoshop and Illustrator. And I took Illustrator class as a freshman in high school. I, so you made that in Illustrator? I did make that in Illustrator, yes. It was a, the easy solution to my problem. I tried doing a hammer. I tried doing a hammer crossed with a pen, like those nice ink pens. What are those called? Like the quill tip or whatever. Yeah, that that kind of a thing. I should know that, right? But I don't. Tried doing that <laughs> crossed with a hammer, and that shit was taking forever, and didn't look that good. I, don't, I tried doing gradients and stuff. It was a little above my pay grade. And it didn't look very good. So then I tried doing a hammer, one head having, or one end having the actual hammer, the other end having the end of a quill or pen, right? So I thought that was, that was gonna look cool. But then you realize like to have a readable logo the hammer handle has to be like twice the size of the head. So it looks so awkward. Uh, so I was like, screw it. 
I'm just writing my idea out, doing a cool little blint. Like that just looks nice and simple. I could put that as a little watermark on all my videos. Seems pretty easy. Get a little fade in, fade out on the intro. Yeah, you know, look, I got people who can animate my shit in a year. When we get to that, it, look, if I get to a point where I need to hire someone and I can pay them a, a grand to do a logo, I've got good problems. <laughs> yeah, that is a great problem. Until then, I just need you to go, oh, that's a cool little logo. And that's all it needs to serve. Yeah, people have come to expect certain things when they interact with media. If you have like a catchy intro, consistent logo, that stuff eases their mind and makes them accept you as a brand. Yeah, right? It's all about branding. I mean, it just seems like, it, you know, even the company I work for, they got social media. They want it on your, on every sort of t-shirt sweats, jacket, you know, everything that they can throw their logo on is, I suppose, advertisement, right? Yes. That's what you got to do for your windows, bro. Got some t-shirts and car magnets, baby. Did you make them? Um, no. I would buy so I would buy your t-shirt, Jake. <laughs> Thanks, bro. That'd be pretty fun. All right, well, I've already gotten, you know, I already have the profit margins and, you know, dividends and all the fancy economic terms planned out for this podcast. <laughs> for every podcast that we do, Jake, you'll make a solid 12%. Ooh. Yes. But don't worry, I'm only making 15. And the other percent will all go to production and uh, staying afloat. There's some generous numbers there, brother. Yeah, I'm at 15, you're at 12. So we have 73% left. And that'll just feed us, house us. And that'll be it. I'm in. Count me in. Yes. Yes. Off topic. I'm so glad I sold my AMC so I don't have to just check it anymore to make, find a good time to sell. <laughs> Dude, I was stressing so hard on GameStop. It was not fun. I, I had like FOMO from my paper handed, my paper hands. So bad. Because I sold. You know, I, I had like I had 50 shares, sold it, or bought it 90, thought I was going to be able to sell at like 180, got on, saw it drop to like 140, 135, tried to sell, got in at 119. Oh, I was terrified. I was like, I thought I just fucked up. Couldn't make much more. Yeah, that would have been sweet to double your investment. I could have if I had stayed a little patient. Said I'm a paper-handed bitch. Yeah, imagine if you bought at your 90, sold a little bit high, like sold the sold, and then reinvested when it dropped down to like 44 or whatever, and then sold at 170. Oh my <laughs> it's god! Quadruple. It was at 38, and it was at 180 today. I would have quadrupled my money. Wow. Not that I'm quadrupling all that much money, but I was like, damn, I should have yellowed. Dude, still quadrupling 5K, not having to sweat and bleed for that money? Holy shit. <laughs> yeah, you just get a fucking hemorrhoid, that's all. <laughs> um, you're like, oh, 15K, that's only uh, my life savings at 24 years old. No big deal. Dude, yeah. Can you imagine having, I mean, whatever your liquid net worth is right now, can you imagine having 50% of that in there? Wowza. Dude. And then all these people on Wall Street Bets are like, oh, YOLO'd 50K in. You're like, that's retarded. 
<laughs> I don't think you can say it. I don't think I can say retarded anymore. And here you can. And here I can. This is a safe space. <laughs> I know. I need to find a place where to upload this. I mean, I'd be down to do this. Get in an hour a week. There's got to be some free, free way to host a podcast or like, like when I download this free podcast app or any podcast app, they all have access to the exact same podcasts, you know? Yeah. So I'm sure you can find that central hub or whatever and start putting them there and then it'll show up on whenever someone with a podcast app does a search, it'll show up maybe. That'd be cool. Yeah, I wonder how many people are going to look up Deconstruction Inc. Got to be hundreds of thousands, right? It all depends, dude. When you'll have a breakout episode one day. This is the test run episode, you know? Yeah. Break out the kinks. We're going to, you know, we don't even know if Zoom is going to record the full <laughs> length of it. <laughs> uh, yeah, we say retarded. I have kids with me in the background and roommates. It's actually all me, but this is my idea. I'm trying to start a podcast. I'm screwing it up on all aspects right now. To succeed, you got to fail more, baby. That's how how it goes. Dude, I was, I have, this this is going to sound a little cheesy. Where's my notebook? You might think it was a little cheesy, but I was like, you know, because, you know, I've been thinking a little bit more about religion a little bit. And I was like, okay what is God, right? And I was like, well, God's just like the good stuff in life, right? Be nice, be kind, that stuff. In a, in, a, in a general sense, right? I think a lot of people could, even if you don't believe in God, which I don't even know if I do, you could get behind that. Like, in, a, in most religions, God is the embodiment of good virtues. Okay. So I was like looking up, you know, I started looking up, you know, I was like, what, it, what, what is good? And I was like writing my questions. Or like, you know, like honesty, hard work, love for spouse, friends, family, all that, you know, good stuff that you hang up on your walls. And then I looked up like the seven virtues. And so I was like, all right, what leads me to like the heavenly virtues? And I was like, writing, parents, coffee talk, self-reflection, fucking up. <laughs> I feel like up the seven virtues. I don't even know what they are. I'll tell you. Chastity. Temperance, charity, diligence, patience, kindness, humility. And then the seven deadly sins are lust, gluttony, greed, sloth, wrath, envy, and pride. Yeah. You know, I mean, they're kind of like found on a Catholic website, you know, so I guess they're kind of Catholic virtues, but you know, who can't get behind? Charity, diligence, patience, kindness, humility, temperance. Chastity might be a hard one, but. Yeah, what is considered chaste or lustful? You know, it depends on who's defining it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I really wonder. But in any case, I wrote all this stuff that, you know, I was like, oh, these are leading me to the virtues. And I think, yeah, I think screwing up really leads you to good stuff. If you allow it to, I think. Yeah, part of diligence and patience, definitely. Yeah, I mean, the more I screw up, the more I realize, like, oh, this is kind of the way, you know, like today the, with the writing group, the girl, her piece got, you know, a little roasted, a little roasty toasty. And I was so surprised how, like, um, sad she was about it because I was like well that's how you learn you know like I totally understand like a little hit to the ego little kind of little humble pie everyone gets their daily dose right but then yeah. it's, that's, that's how you get better like if if someone's like hey I, I don't like like hey there's a lot of streaks on this window you'd be like well fuck you but you'd also be like all right well I should probably not have streaks on the window if that's what people don't like or you know whatever that's not a 
good way to I don't even know what window washing. So maybe it's a terrible analogy. <laughs> oh shoot, maybe I just press. There we go. Yeah, I do enjoy a good mess up and lesson learned. Can you see me? <laughs> I can't see you. Why? Do it. Did you turn on your video? I was putting on a mountain background and it just looked ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Maybe I need to get high and then get on here. You're pretty blasted right now. Definitely was when we started. I'm fading out. I'm just hungry now. How does uh, how does the fade out from weed yeah. at this point in your smoking career? Yeah, this whole week, uh, the first like ten to twelve hours of the day. Uh, what is it today? I guess today was only eight hours. I haven't been smoking. How's that been? It's nice, like when I feel like if I'm needing to like get an extra gear and just keep working hard, smoking the bowl is not my friend. If I'm trying to wind down and chill out, that's when the bowl is effective, I guess. The bowl. And I, I would love to know like the long-term effects of weed and like a good controlled study. Me too. Because, like, on one hand, there's, like, people who are, like, anxiety and all that stuff. It makes it worse and whatever. But if you're coming home, you smoke weed. <sighs> let's just say you smoke Thursday, Friday, Saturday, the weekend. And you're, happy, like you're happier, you laugh more with your wife or your boyfriend or whoever. It's got to make you, like, a little bit better off, right? Less stress. It's got to help. Yeah, yeah, I think if used, if used correctly, yeah, it can be awesome. Not to mention, like, all the anti-inflammatory properties, you know? Yeah, do you think that, is it mostly the, like, THC, the getting high part, or do you think it's the CBD part that's the healthy part? Um... I've tried pure CBD and the effects are kind of weird. And I don't love just pure THC all that much either. But every once in a while, I tell myself, or I think it's what it's just like a good balance of both, is what I think. But it's just like, oh, that kind of weed is my favorite. They, they definitely go hand in hand. The effects of CBD get enhanced or what would you even call it nuanced with THC and I would agree with the other direction I feel like THC's effects are complemented by CBD mm. but um, no fucking scientist I think that's your next I think after woodworking I think you're gonna have to become a scientist you know, I was actually thinking about this the other day, Jake. I think you should do a job that's like writing. This is the job I actually thought I picked out for you. Pawn star. <laughs> because you have to know like a very, I'm not even going to say surface level. It's like a one step further. Surface plus. Surface plus plus level of everything. And every week, there's something new. Totally. So it's scratch the edge of, you know, learning new shit while also working. That could be interesting. Yeah, this is what I do in my free time. I think about your job opportunities. Thanks, bro. Yeah. Instead of, you know, doing my job, you know, having my shit together. 
All right, dude. This has been an hour. You want to wrap her up? Sure, man. Give us a shout out to all your sponsors and give them the outro. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> my sponsors. Uh, that will be posted in the description below. <laughs> be sure to like and subscribe. <laughs> I think I think it was a success. All right. Well, first one down. Hopefully, many more to come. Yeah, dude. Thanks for the invite, man. I had a blast.